Hello and welcome back to the Upper Bowl GM podcast. As always, it is your host Nick Zararis and we have had a busy week of content and it only keeps rolling from here. Previously, earlier in the week, Jess Belmosto came on on Tuesday to talk about the Calgary Flames and their second half of optimism that Based on how their first 41 games went, I expect big things from the Calgary Flames in the second half. Yesterday, we had my good friend Cameron on to talk about the Arizona Coyotes, Clayton Keller, the NHL All-Star Game, a whole bunch of random assorted NHL topics, the Arizona State Arena discussion that's currently surrounding the Coyotes. Today, one of my very good friends, one of the really cool people I've met in the process of doing this podcast, somebody I would call a friend now. Megan, Sweetest Mint, Pure Chaos, and a Twitter user, one of my really good friends on today to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers, art, and a whole bunch of other things that go on, that we came across. We had a conversation. I sent Megan an outline, and we kind of floated all over the place. There's a really good conversation in there, especially towards the end when we start talking about Claude Giroux and where the Flyers go from here. It's a really good conversation, but before I get to that conversation, I do got to remind everyone to help support the podcast number one subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts apple podcast spotify soundcloud google play stitcher all the major podcasting platforms this show is available there please 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 subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe unsubscribe resubscribe again do it twice next if you're using apple Podcasts or spotify please 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 leave a review Go to the show's page if you're on apple Podcasts. scroll past our recent episodes there are going to be five clear purple stars at the bottom you're going to hit the one furthest to the right. That's a five-star review. Underneath that is a button with purple letters that says write a review. Please, please, please take a minute. Leave a written review. Support your content creators. Do that for any podcast you enjoy, not just this one. It helps us out a lot. It doesn't take you a lot of time. It's a really good win-win trade-off for you guys as an audience. And as a little bit of a preamble, the Flyers made the bubble playoffs. 2019-2020, they won a round. They lost to the Islanders, who eventually went on to lose in the conference final. Last year, Carter Hart posted one of the worst goaltending seasons in modern NHL history in the stat-tracking era, where we have things like goals saved above expected uh, to get a bit of a finer understanding. So their general manager, Chuck Fletcher, retooled the roster. They overhauled the defense, trying to make the team's defense better so Hart wouldn't have to do as much, and it hasn't worked. The Flyers have had the injury bug ravaged their roster. They have had their fully healthy lineup for only a handful of games all season, less than 10. They built a roster around Kevin Hayes and his friends, his friends being Keith Yandel, Derek Broussard, and a couple of other teammates from along Cam Atkinson along the way. Atkinson has been very good. Keith Yandel has been very bad. Derek Broussard is a part-time player at this point in his career. Carter Hart has had a decent season. His underlying metrics as a goalie are not terrible. The Flyers as a team cannot buy a goal. They have had the year from hell basically two years in a row, and it's been a very draining and frustrating process. Their coach got fired, Elaine Vigneault, got fired back in December, I believe, off the top of my head. And now they're kind of off in the abyss with half a season to play with nothing to really play for other than the future of Claude Giroux and maybe a couple of other of these roster pieces. So with that as your little bit of an appetizer, 
I will see you on the other side of the drop with Megan, and we're going to have a conversation about the Philadelphia Flyers. And with that, I am very happy to welcome back one of my really good friends, somebody who I talk to almost every single day now because of this silly little game of hockey. How are we doing, Megan? I'm good. How are you? I'm better talking to you now. I'll, I'll, I'll be corny and say that. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. So we were just talking about it before, and the last time I had you on may have irreversibly broken the Flyers, is the way I'll go to say it, because that was the day the Rangers hung a nine spot on them with their when David Quinn got put on the COVID list and they had to call up the coaching staff from Connecticut and it fixed Zabinijad's season last year. And ever since then, the Flyers have been kind of a mess. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I went back and looked at that podcast and I like, I went through the, the little like intro that I did and I was like, you know, my fan prediction or my, my hockey prediction is that they will make the playoffs, but my Flyers fan prediction is that they will crash and burn um, and like never do good again. And I want to say the Flyers fan instinct was correct and they have permanently broken me. Um, let's just say that. I, I, I believe I'm a Philly sports fan now. I think that I think I lived through that. It's interesting because back then you were still, you know, I wouldn't say new, but you bubble playoffs and then a month and a half two months of the 56 game season and it probably feels like you've lived like two lifetimes since that yeah just about I mean I would I would call myself new even then just um but you know it's it's a weathering experience it is truly it's something that wears you down year by year there are people who have been talking tweeting about the fires for much longer than I have and have so much less hope than I have just generally I don't know why they're still here why they do it I mean like you you I get it but also like I cannot think of like a less enjoyable thing to do with your life than tweet about or like consume content from this specific team for so long how would you say how last year went and this season's gone so far has impacted your personal fan relationship with the Flyers um, it's worse. <laughs> okay. Generally. I mean, uh, it's, uh, man, it has certainly been a journey, but I have, I don't know. I've, I've just, it's, how do I say this? It's made like the brain rot and like my love for this team, uh, a little bit, a little bit worse, but in the okay. sense that like, in the sense that like, you hate your team so much that you love them. Like I, I was in a stage for a while there, like the honeymoon type of like, oh my gosh, this team is going to be great. I believe in them. You know, it's okay that Carter Hart sucks this year. He'll bounce back again, which he did to be yeah. fair. But, you know, you're at the, now I'm at the point in this relationship where I'm like, oh my God, like uh, Flyers are playing it again. I guess I got to watch it because, you know, I love them or whatever. So it's it's definitely more of a, a love-hate than it ever was. Um, but, you know, there's still a little bit of love left. And there's, I mean, I'm, I tweet about them like every day. So they haven't escaped my, my brain entirely. Um, yeah. 
It's like I say about my team. I love them, but they're my idiots. You know, like I, yes. I have to. I have to. This is. I've staked too much of my time and my effort in this team to just give up on them, which is probably how you feel. Even only a year and a half into this, is I've put so much of my life into this. I love this, and when it's right, it can be really right. It's just a matter of getting back to that. Yeah, that's. I would say that's how it feels. Um, yeah. I mean. <sighs> I just, I, I want this team to be good again. That's the main thing. I, I had a little bit of a lick of that. And I think the yeah. fact that I came in when they were pretty good, I mean, it was in the middle of the playoffs. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to, yeah you know, have two seasons in a row where you just don't have that kind of stakes or don't have that like high quality hockey that you used yeah. to have. Like it's, a, it's kind of a pain to watch now. Like I feel bad for the people who have to like, genuinely cover and write about this team like i i would not be able to do that that takes that that's the strongest soldier right there i'd put like maybe like the people who have to cover like the arizona coyotes maybe above that maybe the buffalo savers especially because they've been bad for so long yeah. but like the flyers are they're up there they're yeah. up there let me tell you let me tell you this one thing so you know sam carcitti yes Yes, infamous um, hockey Twitter <laughs> villain slash Philadelphia Flyers reporter for the Inquirer up until this year. And let me tell you, like in, I think like beginning of January, he retired. He didn't retire. He just went to another website, which is crazy. But um, so I figured out, I was looking back for like on his LinkedIn page, like how long has he been covering the Flyers? And I, I didn't realize it was literally like to the date, the last time that they won the Stanley cup, like that was the year before he started writing about them. And I was like, that's like 45 full years of like, you're not winning the cup. Yeah. <laughs> not winning the cup, covering a very bad team that could just never get it done. Ran into like dynasties in like the nineties or whatever. And then had like, you know, terrible seasons ever since then uh plus like a cinderella cup run and so i i mean it's i i i understand the place where he was coming from with um now with foresight with yeah you know a lot of his criticism of this team but i also want to say have we ever thought about the carcitti curse the fact that <laughs> once he started covering the team we have not won a stanley cup we need to think about this um, and the fact that he's still covering them, I mean, it, it just speaks to how terrible our season is right now. I think, I think once he finally retires, this team will win a Stanley Cup, and hopefully, hopefully that it I will still be alive during that time. I'm convinced he will live on forever, um, just to curse this team. But who knows? And one of the things that I've, I'll say, I'll go out on a limb and say is you've kind of immersed yourself a little bit more into the chaos of it all. The, not just your team, but basking in the never-ending cycle of whatever the fuck people are talking about online about hockey in general. It doesn't have to be your team specifically. You just... I don't want to say it's like a moth to a flame, but it's kind of like you're like, I see them arguing over there. I'm going to come jump in and have some fun with this. So we are all good. And before I was so rudely interrupted, I was talking about flyer sweater and how toxic it has become. It's been like kind of infected by these like conspiracy theories about like 
they want the team to be bad. Like this is on purpose. They're trying to like, you know, not get playoff ticket sales. You know, they want to be middling. It's all because Comcast, which is like a, you know, the terrible company, which everybody hates, um, owns the Flyers. And it's because, you know, Mr. Snyder isn't here anymore and it's terrible. Um, And like, you know, I mean, you can say something, I, I guess. Uh, Ed Snyder was like a good, I, it was before my time. So I guess I can't speak on it at all, but um, what kind of success did they have in the cap era? That's that's the thing. We, we were always great because we could always buy out players. We could do whatever we wanted with our cap just because we have, we are like a larger market team. So there is some ways, you know, not as big as the Rangers or anything, but there are ways that you can get around that yeah. um, until, you know, the cap era. And then, you know, you, you, you're stuck with these giant contracts and you can't just get mad at players um, and have that work out for you. You know, you got to do a little bit of like messing around. You got to do some good drafting, uh, which, you know, didn't quite work out in the hex era is what we're realizing, especially with, uh, you know, Nolan Patrick, who got traded with Myers for Ellis, which is, we still won the trade. I'm still going to go with that. Uh, even though he's played like four games, he still has like more points. <laughs> um, either, either way. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's more fun to be on like general hockey Twitter than yes. Flyers Twitter right now. Uh, and I, I love getting into all, all the business with the other teams, seeing what's going on, especially with the Rangers. I'm a yeah. big fan of you guys. It's It absolutely started with that nine-goal game. I was like, who is this Mika's advantage at? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to check this out. Um, and then it was all downhill from there. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I absolutely call myself like a, a multi-team fan now just because I think that's you know, if you are going to consume hockey and especially the NHL, it, it's, I think, just a healthier way to do it because it's just the, the absolute insanity that I see with people who only follow this one team and have that extreme tunnel vision. It can get rough. And I was, yeah. I was for sure in that space last year. I was for sure one of those people who just like talked endlessly about the fires and like, oh, I wish they were better. But, you know, you kind of, you take off those rosy glasses and you know, I've talked about how terrible the NHL is before, but like, you know, you want to just, I'm more of a, a less of like a fan of a team. I would say I'm definitely still a Flyers fan. Like they own my ass. Like I will go to every single game if they're giving me tickets for 20 bucks. Like I'm just going because that's a fun thing to do with friends, but you know, I'm, I'm more, I think, um, I think you see this with younger fans. I'm more loyal to the players at this point yeah. than I am the fans or the, the, the team as a whole. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been fun being a little bit less strictly flyers on Twitter and just kind of, uh, you know, tweeting about whatever, uh, tweeting my art. That's been fun, uh, doing videos about other players, but you know, it's also as, people get out of quarantine and I'm in school now. So it's just, you know, a little bit of an easier transition, but you know, hockey still takes up at least like 50% of my brain, which, you know, that's just, that's just how it is. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I'm in no position to talk. I stayed up till one in the morning to watch the Americans lose last night. I'm waiting for hockey to start in 20 minutes to put on on mute while we're doing this. So very much understand the whole, yeah, hockey is kind of way too much in my brain. And it's probably bad for me. But at the same time, I'm having a great time. So I can't really complain. That's to your point. It's just there's so much good hockey in the league around the league. And you get to check in on all these other teams and you get to absorb all the other things that are going on. Like earlier today, I did an episode about the coyotes with somebody who actually cares about the coyotes. Yesterday (laughs) I did one about yesterday. I did one about the flames. I just, there's so much going on around the league and trying to find how all the pieces fit together. It's just like, I don't want to say it's like, like my goal right now. Cause that sounds a little bit too like serious, like about content <laughs> creation, like, but just trying to it's put true. all the pieces, trying to put all the pieces together is what makes it interesting to me. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think knowing about other teams and not just as like a, you know, dude, bro, like, do you know this player? Do you know how yeah. many points he has? Do you know how good he is? Uh, in like a in just a general way of like a vibe like um, and just checking in on who you like can really elevate your own hockey experience like watching my own team um, and just thinking about like how other players would fit and how cool it would be um, if everybody played this style or something Um, for example I mean the Calgary Flames which I know you and Jess talked about um, which was cool I listened to that on the uh, train here but you know, it was, I think that's what the Flyers could have been if they were, you know, if everything had gone right for them, uh, they would be, if, if, for example, Carter Hart had like an even hotter streak than he's having now and could make up for the fact that like nobody can score a goal. Um, yeah. That would be kind of what um, would be clicking for the Flyers if they had, if they had any type of defense, you know, if everything had gone right they could be in a position to make the playoffs, but it's just been like the fall of the cards or luck. And that's half of hockey. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So off of that point, because you brought up something before about Myers and Patrick, and it's a good point I want to touch on with you. Obviously what they thought was going to happen based on what the moves they made in the offseason didn't happen. The coach got fired. It seems like there's the the malaise that's setting in where nobody's going to the games anymore because everybody kind of feels like they got bullshitted that all those moves were to say we expect to make the playoffs this year. Can you say with the benefit of hindsight now that they might not have worked but you can understand what they were trying to do with the moves they made? I can. I think I okay. see kind of the vision there. I mean, uh, I, I think I like jokingly tweeted it out like a very long time ago, like just build a team around Kevin Hayes and all of his friends in they the listened. league. And that's, that's kind of what he did. So um, Flyers hire me uh, as your next GM. I think I'm a good candidate, but um, you know, we brought in Cam Atkinson. We brought in Keith Yandel. Uh, I think Derek Broussard has yeah. like, been around Kevin Hayes before. I think he was a ranger, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, they brought in all of these guys and you can kind of see how those pieces fit together and there were, you know, how that chemistry might react. And especially, I mean, Ryan else was the big, big ticket item. He still might be honest to God, if he's like healthy next year, which, you know, knock on wood or whatever, things could happen. I, I truly think that like one good defenseman could fix this team. And honest to God, that might be, that might be like, <laughs> you know, my one bit of hope that is misguided still, but like, we haven't seen out of this team, what we need to see. Everybody's injured. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, 
without half the guys on the team, obviously you're not having any team chemistry. You're not having these lines stick together that are very good. I mean, you know, I love the Giroux Atkinson pairing. I love what they do for each other. Hey, it would have been great to have that, you know, two years ago, even just give Giroux someone to pass to and shoot, or even it's working the other way around now. I mean, they're both points leaders on this team. Um, I think maybe Giroux has one more. Atkinson has one more. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. But like, he's like, there's chemistry on this team. It's just the fact that like, they're all injured. And I've, that's been a complaint for a few years now, which is my kind of, my hesitancy, especially like with this organization generally and with the NHL generally, there's like, they, we know there's evidence that they don't treat injuries well. And you know, there have been, you know, just things that people have played through that people keep getting re-injured. It's, it's just, it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah. 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 Cause it, it doesn't happen as much in other sports. I mean, I, I get that they're, you know, at higher speeds or wearing this, the plastic padding, which can sometimes aggravate things, but it's, you know, you, you hope that people are getting high quality care and I could rant on about this forever. I don't know if it's the flyers specifically, but it doesn't seem to be helping. Um, and so it's, you know, it's just disappointing all around. I think even more disappointing than last year, because I, I like an absolute fool got my hopes up before the season. Um, I th- you know, not everybody did. Everybody was, you know, a little bit, but I, I was excited. I was like, hopefully, you know, I'll be back in person. I, I really, really want to see a good team. Um, you know, it, it looked okay at the beginning of the season, the result, like, I don't think there's ever been a hockey team where they come out of the gate looking very good. Like they're all kind of like, you know, they're like, oh, well, there's some underlying numbers issues. They got to get this, you know, the goalies haven't warmed up yet. You know, it's just stuff in the end. So I I never want to judge off of just that, but like even through the year, like it it was pretty, it was frustrating not to see things come together. And you can say all you want about predicting that or not. I mean, that's Chuck Fletcher's job and yet, you know, he does that all day and yet he couldn't put it together. So it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to deal with just like fan expectations um, I forget the original question. I'm just, I just keep going on tangents. Like I could talk about this team forever and how terrible they are and how it, it already feels worse than last season. Like we, I think it must've been the two, two yeah. 10 game losing streaks. I think the, no, the other one was like 13, 13, 12, 13, insane. Something like that. Yeah. But it's, it's, it last year there was like, oh, if, if the goalie's good, like that, that team makes the playoffs in that yeah. season. I mean, even in a terrible division, which, you know, they kind of were in or, or like a good division for them, a bad d- division, if you're trying to make the playoffs, which I mean, yes. they're always in with the Metro. So it's, it's just frustrating because it seems like none of the pieces are fitting together, even though we have decent goaltending and, you know, some people have some chemistry. There's just, there's terror no defense, zero defense to be found at all anywhere. Um, which apparently has been like a hallmark of a lot of these teams since like, you know, we had Chris Pronger, which is like far before my time, yeah. but it's, it's, it's really frustrating to see that happen and to see, especially older fans who have been through a lot more, um, 
just kind of really go through it. I mean, I've seen people like fully log off, like who, if it, listen, if they, if this team was good, we might've kept them in, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to see people like go and not care about this team anymore when, you know, I mean, I live here, so I can't go <laughs> see any other hockey team. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll take up the train up to the Riveters sometime, but like, you know, there's no other hockey team where you can be like, you know what, you know, even though the fires are bad, at least we have this, it's, it's really just the fires here and to lose that, like very specific part of the fan base to either getting very angry or being apathetic is frustrating. And there's ways, uh, there's ways against it. I mean, fun to bad teams have fun um, fan bases. I'm thinking like the Ottawa senators, but it's just, I guess when you don't have expectations, that's a thing that you can run into, but man, I was hoping I would have a little bit more fun with this team this year. So I don't feel at all bad about, you know, jumping ship a little bit, you know, people can, people can get mad at me however, for however they want, but it's, it's, I think it's just healthier at this point to follow another team. It absolutely is. I mean, when I look at them, there is a lot of talent on the team. Like you said, it's just been hurt all year. Like Ryan Ellis was supposed to be, okay, we're going to balance out our defense because that was why Carter Hart had the worst year of his life because he was playing behind a horrible defense. Okay, so let's get Gostas Bear out of there because we know he can't play defense. He's good offensively. He can't play defense. Okay, we bring in to Ryan Ellis. To be fair, to be fair. Okay. Shane Gostas Bear had one of his best seasons, you know, nowhere near his rookie season, but like one of his best seasons yeah. last year. And it was just the cap. We couldn't fit him in. So yeah. we brought in like literally discount Shane Gostas Bear and Keith Yandel, who has worse yes. defensive gaffes, is yes. way older, but, but he's Kevin Hayes' friend. Yeah, he's Kevin Hayes' friend. And he came, he admittedly he did come on the, a very significant discount. So it didn't count as much towards the cap. I think he's on like, he's on almost league minimum, which. You know, I can't get mad at him for that. I mean, props to him for the Iron Man thing. That's really, really cool. But like, oh my God, it is it is sick watching him out there and watching him directly lead to goals. You just yeah. it feels like you see one every night. Um, and it wasn't not that bad. As much as we all hated Shane Goss for a bit there, but it was not that bad last season. And he he was a little bit more fun. We're yeah. just we're not seeing that offensive upside with Yandel that we that power play specialist we're not really seeing that as much and it's just you know not to say he's cooked or anything but you know maybe maybe Yandel's cooked (laughs) Keith Yandel's old he's like 34 he's been in the league a long time he's made all his money he he's cooked he's an offensive specialist and he can't run a power play anymore the the use of that kind of skill set is limited on a good team it's fine but on a bad team it's going to be exacerbated yeah. It, on the Panthers, he fit in because it yeah. was like, it was, okay, we all, we're going to play you like very, very limited uh, yeah. time, except on, you know, this very specific power play where you're going to do exactly what we need you to do. But here he's like a genuine, sometimes he's just like a second pairing defense yeah. <laughs> if like somebody is terribly hurt. Um, and it's just, well, I guess I'm trying to think, I guess they've never moved up. Oh my God, wrist alignment. Or um, Travis Sandheim up to the first because they're both second. But, you know, him and, and Provorov's having a rough season, which is not good. He's just – he's looked worse every year. I I have this suspicion he might might have been 
playing through something just because he had an Ironman yeah. streak up until he got COVID. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was something nagging there. But like, again, I'm not a doctor, but like just his play seems to like indicate that. And yeah. he's he had a great couple seasons, but, um, you know, that's somebody who like people, people who are really considering, um, you know, messing this up have, have considered him on the trade block, trading block. Yeah. So while well, while well, the stock is high, um, it's it's a really tricky spot to be in. I'll I'll give the Flyers that to just have like you, you can't fully tank if you have heart and there's no like there's even if you talent. trade exactly if you trade Giroux, like you still have Couturier who's like a yeah. a, a former Selkie Trophy. Like he hasn't been playing like it, but that's because he's been playing injured the last few seasons, the last two seasons, literally. And I'm just, I, it's, it's really frustrating. Um, and so I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, listen, if they're looking to keep bottoming out, um, just continue on with the bringing Kevin A's friends and let's see, let's have Johnny come here, uh, Gaudreau and just maybe, maybe he'll be bad and we'll, we'll get, um, Oh my God. I don't know. I don't even know the prospects for the 2020 draft. Shane, Shane Wright. Wright. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, the next yeah. Connor McDavid. Yeah. Is that, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Shane Wright's this year. Like, yeah, Shane Wright is this year. Shane Wright is this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is Connor Bedard That's next two year? years. Mm-hmm. That's two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something let's, like that. Let's yeah. tank for Connor. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, it, if, if we have another like terrible losing streak on the horizon, at least we draft good. Like, who knows? Maybe we'll get a savior, but like again, oh, with the luck, you know, with with the luck this team has, it's going to be the the worst thing to ever happen to us. You know what they're going to do? They're going to be bad again next year. Chuck is going to get flyered and to placate everybody, it's going to be Danny B, and they're going to tell Danny B to start over, and everybody <sighs> won't want to be mad at Danny Briere, which will buy him two or three years to kind of get things going in another direction. I, as a former. As a Met fan, that is the way the Mets owners used to always think is, what former player can we get in here to placate everybody to buy us a little more time? They tried doing it with Carlos Beltran, but he got caught cheating on another team five years before, so they had to let him go. But that's what the Flyers are going for here because he didn't get the Montreal job, which I kind of assumed he was just going to. But Me too. It seems... He speaks French. Like, yeah. Man. They care about that for some reason, but <laughs> – but yeah, it seems very obviously set up here for them to kind of rewind the roster down and kind of move it around a little bit younger, move it around Coots, Farabee, the younger group. I mean, Katuri has been in the league forever, but he's only 28, 29. But that I think seems he's turning like, 30. He's, he's, he's getting up there. Which he's is, been in the league forever, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's he's still really good. I, I mean, he is. When he's right, he's awesome. Yeah, I mean they signed him like eight years, which I'm not I'm not absolutely mad at. It's a steel contract, you know, yeah. if he if he plays like he did. But you know, that's if he plays like he did. So it's it's really, really tricky. I think for a little bit we're going to have to be the team that's middling. And that's yeah. what we've been, and it's really frustrating. But as long as we have that Drew contract, which maybe he comes back after. You know, you might you might get traded at the deadline. I'm trying to not think about that, but like, it's it's just so tricky because we finally have this like godsend of a goaltender, which like has never ever happened to the Philadelphia Flyers ever. Um, 
and it's the one thing that has been haunting us for the past however many years but like there's just no way that like he can pull this thing together entirely um unless you know sometime we miraculously make it to the playoffs and do like a carry price thing and he goes absolutely batshit so it's you know it's really really tricky the place we're in as fans especially I mean I've just been here for two years and it feels like I've aged um at least 10 which credit to the Philadelphia Flyers I don't think any any um franchise tv show movie has impacted me as much as these Philadelphia Flyers have for the past two years so credit to that um you know emotionally physically mentally but it's it's just I I am starting to lose that hope a bit like some part of me is just like I want it to be just a little bit fun do some fun stuff but the thing that really has killed us and I hate everything my dad says about the Philadelphia Flyers ends up being true, which is the worst. (laughs) He's like, oh, they're going to be terrible this season. You know, it's going to be the same old. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Dad, it's different this year. But like every single time they're, they're bad. And he's like, oh, you know what they're going to do? They're going to hire some former player. And I'm like, dad, they're going to bring, I trust them. They're going to bring in someone new. They're looking at good candidates. And then boom, Danny Briere, special assistant to the GM. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a frustrating team to follow, but um, that's why I, I take a little bit of comfort in the fact that I'm not the first one to do this. I'm not the last one to do this. Um, it will certainly happen forever. And they're not the only things and they're not the only thing in my life, which is good, but they can be, you know, if they're, if they're good, if they're good. Yeah. If trust me, there's not, when your hockey team is good, that's just, that becomes your entire personality when you're wired the way you and I are, where this is, I invest so much time and energy when the team is God awful, when they're good, it's just, that's all I talk about. Really. It's just, you are well, a yeah. God. You are yeah. a God when the team is good. You yeah. can tell why. Literally. Yeah, I mean, um, they, God, they threw you a bone. You got an Eagle Super Bowl. They said the, the everybody else is going to suck, but you got your one Super Bowl. Everyone be quiet for a while. That That's is a- what I it's going to be in there. It's going to be so in my lifetime, I'll tell you, the Phillies won in 20 mm. or 2008, which yes. is like when I was like in kindergarten, sorry to all the older listeners. Sorry, Nick. I know you're a little yeah. bit older than me. Um, so I, I, I remember staying up for that, like being very excited. I didn't go down to the, you know, <laughs> down to the celebration cause I was five and I can't <laughs> drink at five. So couldn't really get much out of that. But like, I, re- I remember, um, following the Eagles that, that 2018 season, notice how it's on the eights. That's why yeah. I'm, that's why I'm predicting the flyers will win, um, in, 2028 so everybody mark your calendars anyway um the curse of the eights but i i remember going to that super bowl or or the the super bowl parade afterwards and it was just like it, it was it was like a fun experience and like being together with everyone and seeing that like the trophy itself like yeah. being like uh hoisted was it was really cool and i remember i'm gonna remember like very vividly that moment um, where it, it was the first ever Eagle Super Bowl and it was yes. over, it was Tom Brady. Um, yes. uh, let me remind you, Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> it, there's this man, I, I 
remember being in that room and when it happened and like he threw the hail hail mary right at the end of the game and we were all like on the edge of our seats and like my neighbor is like obsessed with the eagles which i never got before i get now like i thought people were so weird to be obsessed with sports teams i get it now you're cool (laughs) Um, but he was like, he was so excited that he like literally smashed his front door, like glass, like everywhere. And I was, I never, I was like, Oh my God. Like, how do you get that worked up? Well, we were all like filing outside to do like the, yeah, let's yeah. go crazy thing. Like there were fireworks. It was so fun. Um, but it, like, I was like, I don't understand how you could ever get that worked up about sports. And now I'm like, yeah, I get it now. I would absolutely do the same thing. You'd like have the the basement full of like memorabilia and attack yeah. the flyers and have host it host Super Bowl parties. I totally get that. But um yeah, having that like moment of like, oh wow, this is what it feels like to when you're the team that you love and that you've been following because honestly like Philadelphia is an Eagle city before it's yeah. an anything else city. Um we're a football town, but it's like that feeling is something else it's on another level and I don't think I fully appreciated it then just because I I was you know a bandwagon fan even though I did live in Philadelphia so uh you know I was I was on the near end there especially when they had that little Cinderella thing and you know it was just I want I want that for the Flyers and I think we all want that for the Flyers as much as these people um you know on Twitter trolling or whatever like I want them to suck and be terrible and and it's because the organization is bad and it's all going to be uncovered. If the team were good, nobody would be complaining. Yes. Everybody wants this team to be good. And it's okay to admit that. And it's okay to say that you missed that. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I think if I get one before I die, I'd be at peace. But that, 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 that Super Bowl that, helps assuage things. That's where I'm at too with, with the Rangers and the Mets. It's just, you give me one before I'm like, too old to not appreciate it that would be nice give me one before exactly if give me one before i'm like 50 okay fine give it to me before i'm 50 like if i have to wait till i have kids for it fine but just give me one that's all i want just one i'm not asking for the moon here i'm not a new england person who bitches and mo like that the the new england people who acted like they won the super bowl last year were insufferable because the bucks won the super bowl (laughs) just like you don't get to claim that you don't get to claim that you you are not a buccaneers fan that just oh my god those new england people suck with that man i i'm so glad that tom brady is retiring because guess what (laughs) the last team to beat him in the super bowl your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and I will live and die by that. Who, yeah. you know, who cares about Tom Brady? I don't know who that man is. I've never seen this man in my life. He's not playing football. I don't know. Um, I, I'm probably a better quarterback than Tom Brady. I'll just say that. Um, I'm the GOAT. I, you've just never seen me play because I'm so secretive yes. about it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was fun to have that championship. And um, I don't think at the time I fully appreciated it. I would have, um, I think I would have done a little bit more, rubbed it in a few more people's faces, specifically my neighbors who root for the Pats. But it's the Pats, isn't that their nickname? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's just like yeah, in, you like, made a face. 
I, I was like, how do you, like, I understand, like, up here where it's like there's a lot of transplants in the New York area, but how the hell are you a New England fan within, like, 50 miles of the city of Philadelphia? Don't you get, like, exactly. extra, yeah, like, we I don't think that's a lot of time. Clown on him constantly, and he deserves it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, I, I have nothing else to say. I want that for the Flyers, and I think that's a, it's not a reasonable goal, obviously. Um, I can't do anything about it, but you know, it's a little, it's a little dream that I have, and I, I never thought I would root for a sports team. So, um, you know, get me out of this hell. But it's, it's also, it's fun to be a part of. of I feel connected to the city in a way that yeah. I. I never really did. And I have a thing to like talk to guys about, you know, like, oh, I'm with the guys. Like, I, I know what's up with the Flyers. I can tell you like, you know, anything about the Sixers or the Eagles right now or baseball, you know, who even the Phillies, like nobody cares about them. But, you know, I care a lot about the Flyers and that's something that I can kind of chat about. So it's, it's, it's a good thing to do. It's, it's fun. I'll say. So you just spent that like three minutes soliloquy romanticizing sports in Philadelphia and what that all means to you. How are you coming to terms with what's going to happen in the next month? Because it's only going to get louder and louder until March 28th. It's only going to get louder and louder until it happens. Or it doesn't happen. It's going to happen. You think it's so? Gonna... Yeah. Um, okay. I, every other athlete in his position... We're talking about Troy being traded. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, every other athlete in his position would want to go to a Stanley Cup winning team. He's like, I was looking, somebody posted the numbers yesterday. I forget, or not yesterday, but like recently. This team with him on it, like on the power play, as, as opposed to his number, as opposed to this team's numbers without him on the power play, without him on the power play, he's like, our team is literally worse than the Arizona Coyotes. And this has happened for years. Like it's, I have to, I should have pulled it up beforehand, but like the people who think the problem is with Giroux and of course, you know, it's sports. So there's always people with that opinion and they've only gotten louder over the years as he hasn't, he hasn't won anything. He hasn't won anything. Anyway, um, but the people who think that he's the problem are the people who are just, looking for a reason that this team is bad and sometimes there isn't that reason except for the fact that we've failed to build around a player and that's not anyone's personal feeling except you know Chuck Fletcher um Ron Hextall it's kind of a a collective failing and it, it kind of feels like our own because like you know it's it is our team but like there's nothing we could have done about that it's just kind of I love a tragic story um when it doesn't happen to me but (laughs) this one's happening to me and I can tell you this is absolute hell I mean like to see him win a Stanley Cup with another team would be wonderful for him because that's at this point that's all I'm rooting for is like his success and for him to be better on a good team but also like that's the longest captain that we've ever had before I knew about hockey. Like I knew about Drew and like who he was. I think he was one of like two players that I actually knew, you know, were on the flyers. Um, Oh, to be that Megan again. (laughs) Oh, to be a, I wish I was, I wish I had my brain full of nothing. 
um, nothing. And I didn't have to think about hockey at all, but you know, to, to just to know that like narrative and he, he's carried this team and, you know, people can say like, Oh, he's prevented this team from tanking. But like, that was kind of the plan because we wanted to keep him around. And, you know, I, I think that does, you know, I think Charlie, Charlie O'Connor from the athletic made a really good point in one of his articles a little bit ago, like that might've been detrimental that we weren't trying to win for a while because I mean, he's been captaining this team for, you know, as long as, I mean, I can remember. Um, and it's, it's just to be in that kind of environment where you never make it past the first round, a lot of years you miss the playoffs. It's hard to get excited after a lot of that. And even if you have a good team around you, um, and even if he's not, he's not the most vocal leader, he's more of a, a lead by example guy, which, you know, there have been great teams with lead by example captains on it, but it's, you know, just that, that kind of sense that you get of, of this being a middling team and a mediocre team. And I, I think as captain, you have to be, you know, pretty aware of that. And he's been the underdog all his life. I mean, he's yeah. been overshadowed. I mean, uh, Crosby's right across the state. I mean, it's, you know, there have been flashier stars and there have been stars that haven't been stuck on absolutely like terrible bottom of the league teams that he's elevated for a long time. And so it's, it's really frustrating just because the whole, I mean, the whole city loves him as much as people claim to hate him. He's been the one he's, he said earlier this year, he said, I don't, I don't think this team has an identity. He is the identity. Claude Giroux is the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and it's, it's tough to see what this team would look like without him. And it would be, it would signify moving on from a new era. Um, and it would signify in the end, kind of a failure of this organization to build around him. Um, and I know you are intimately familiar with that as yes. someone who uh, saw Henrik Lundqvist's jersey retired. So yeah. it's, it's, it's it sucks, man. It, re it, it just there's no other way to say it. They put all that time, all that effort, and just to get there, the hundreds of thousands of hours of your life you have to put in just to get to the league. And then once you're there to stay there, just hundreds of thousands of hours of your life spending more time with guys on planes and buses than with your family and all of the commitments exactly. that takes and just you want after you've seen somebody go through all of that, the injuries, the bullshit, at some point you feel like they're entitled to something. Like he never, they refuse to put him on the Canadian Olympic team because him and Crosby have some weird beef thing. I but, am so mad at this. No, they don't yes. anymore. They put, they, ooh. They play it on the a world, uh, they, please spill the team. During that world, world championship thing, whatever that is, they, yeah um oh my god I forget the agent's name um he's like a, a hockey agent he put them like purposefully in the same room just so, like literally at the height of their like um was there only one bed in the room is that what we're doing <laughs> yes it was um, a <laughs> classic classic trope no 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 but like uh, so I and they had like a little assist like goal in that game so I mean it's it's They've squashed the beef now, but They've there's a reason. squashed the beef, but there were, yeah. There was beef. Yeah. There was a beef. Yeah. There was a reason there was a rivalry there. And there, yeah. they were, they had, you know, decent teams for a bit until everything crashed and burned. And it was, um, 
you know, like I, I never want to hold up like, oh, this player has this many Stanley Cups because um, and this player does it. But that's what you see all the time, especially with um, people talking about like Crosby and Giroux. And, you know, I, I get mad at that, of course, because I'm a Philadelphia. And, you know, I want to defend my uh, stars to death. Um, and Giroux has never done anything wrong in his entire life. But it's it's frustrating because there is one thing that you come into the league to do, um, you know, that you dream about as like a kid, I assume. I mean, a healthier way would probably be be like, (laughs) Oh my God, I'm so grateful to be playing in this league every day. And I want to work as hard as I can to be doing that. But like, you know, you're in it, you're a star. The the thing that validates that is a cup. And it's, it's really, really difficult to not see that. And, you know, I've dreamed about like, you know, wanting to make a little, little, little fan cam of him. Like I got all the songs in my head about like him lifting the cup and him like going through all that and then having a dream run. And that's all you ever want. You know, it's yeah. sports is, it's just like a, an unpredictable TV show, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is real people. And you want to see those people um, achieve what, you know, they think you think they should. And he's been stuck on like, absolutely terrible teams his whole life so I would not give him shit at all for wanting to go especially after that all-star game yeah where he he was MVP he was I know he was was trying he was out there trying it felt oh my god somebody tweeted this he was like uh Drew's having the time of his life playing with actual NHLers um all-star game and I was like yeah yeah that's about right but um yeah, I I I, mean, I want to see him succeed, and I want to see him lift that cup, even if it's not in a Flyers uniform. It will feel bad, but I will feel better for him. And I'm sure he would probably rather do it in a Flyers uniform. I mean, his kids were born here; he lives here. It's you know, Philadelphia. I I like to assume is kind of his home because he's lived here. So it's it's tough. It's a tough thing to go through as a fan, and just kind of resigned to that. So. You know, maybe if something like absolutely insane, crazy happens uh, over the off season, and uh, maybe he comes back, maybe he resigns with us. Uh, it's it's still it's truly a bittersweet thing to you know have a have a captain go through that, especially um, and someone's is I mean he's up there. I think he's the power power play points leader. Like he's he's got got a ton of franchise records, and we we're like a um first expansion team so that just tells you how how far we go back you know not quite an original six but definitely up there and we've had some great players in the past i i you know i would want to be there the day that he's i mean they've said they've said it themselves they're gonna probably raise his um number into the rafters which i would love um and just as a fan of this team and as someone who literally grew up with him as yeah. captain and you know as him being the only flyer that I ever really cared about so yeah the flyers have gone through so many weird iterations in the time I've watched hockey it's one of the things I was thinking about while I was doing prep for this and I was just looking through the old hockey db pages it's just like yeah at one point this was a team that had just like nine guys wayne simmons jvr claude Giroux, and like 19 year old sean couturier and that was the plan there were like nine guys who i had to like look up their picture and be like oh yeah that's right i remember him and just there were so many versions of that flyers team where it was just 
they threw darts whoever the goalie was going to be on any given night whether it was like steve mason or ray emery or just all of those random iterations of we got a bunch of really good forwards we have no defensemen and no goalies and we're gonna figure it out and that was the plan for most of claude Giroux's life yeah and it's it's i mean i can't wait to see him on a team with actual defense and nhlers and he, he doesn't have to be the one um you know, doing crazy penalty kills or whatever. Like it's, it's um, certainly, it, it's, it really puts it into perspective how much this organization has failed to build around him. When you go back and you look at the absolute nobodies on defense, um, <laughs> trying to Andrew think like McDonald. one cup, Andrew McDonald, that was literally who I was thinking of. Andrew McDonald, I mean, there are just some some great names back there. If you go back, I can't some name guys. all of them. Literally just, just, just some, some guys, guys, some guys. Um, and it's, it's frustrating to see. Um, yeah. I can't imagine having a team with good defense. So maybe, maybe that's the only thing that we'll have in 10 years is good defense and then nothing else. Um, that would be really cool <laughs> to see it fail that way instead. I mean, it's probably a silly question to ask, but do you have a preferred landing spot you would like to see him go to? Well, anywhere that's, <laughs> oh, well, here we go. <laughs> I I would love to see him in division, just because I think that the drama of that would be oh the master awesome. Oh my god, I I got yelled at for um, wanting him on the Rangers by some uh, older fans uh, with the with my Broadstreet Hockey crew, just because they they had to see like Lindros at that in the in yeah. Rangers jersey, and they were always I mean, like, Ugh. so I, I get that, but um you know I wouldn't be mad at him on the Canes. Uh, I wouldn't be mad at him. Even on the abs, I think I, I, I've prevented myself from following that team just because, like, I don't know why. I just, I'm so, so weird. That's a likable team. They're a likable team. Yeah. I, I don't want to uh, say anything. I won't say, I won't say a word about the oh, Twitter fan base. That's what I was going to say. Nice. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was trying to feel out what it was without <laughs> saying what it was, but you, you said it out loud. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's some vibes there. I mean, I I think other than the abs, I'm trying to think who has the cap space. I, I mean, if that's the, the Panthers, big thing. Yeah. 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 If the Panthers do stuff, I don't think his contract is that bad. I'd have to look it up, but we'd probably retain retain salary. So I don't think it'd be a huge problem. But you know, as a playoff rental, I just want him to go somewhere good, somewhere that'll get him there. Um, you know, I don't. I think he'd be like honest to god an integral part of whatever team he gets into people give him shit for like not producing in the playoffs occasionally but like that's because we haven't been to the playoffs so you know that he was i don't think he scored a single point in the bubble but that was also in the bubble um yeah it's it's and it's really really tricky because he was driving you know he was put up against big lines driving play so i i wouldn't be too worried and he's you know, people are like, oh, but he's old now. He just won, like, All-Star MVP, so you can fuck off. But he's he's really getting, like, that second win. He's he's truly carrying this team um, as, as much as it would like to be carried through uh, however many losses. But it's – yeah, I just want to see him go somewhere good. I'm not – you're wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs hat and you just look down. So um, I want to say for the record that if the Toronto Maple Leafs think they can make it past the first round this year, um, with both Wayne Simmons and Claude Giroux, I would not be opposed to see him lifting it in the Leafs jersey. But okay. um, I'm, I am I might be a sole outlier on that. Uh, 
I think I think the Leafs fan base is truly like it's either the Leafs or the Canucks is like the um, Flyers equivalent in Canada, just with the insanity of the teams and the kind of the playoff brain. We have a, a pretty long playoff drought. I'll give it yeah. that. Maybe not as long as the teams that straight up have not won a Stanley Cup, but it's it's um yeah, it's I I just feel okay with them going somewhere that they think they would go far. I think he needs that. Yeah. Um I and I'm worried also after that he won't come back just because you want to be on a good team. I I wouldn't come back. Why <laughs> why the hell would you come back to a, a Philadelphia Flyers team if you could be on the Avalanche? So um yeah yeah last thing before we kind of start wrapping up so we've discussed drew obviously and you mentioned it before that he is the identity that if they move on from him it's clearly a sign they're moving in another direction obviously you don't know because chuck fletcher doesn't know either what is that direction what does that next step of this process look like i'll tell you a lot of people really want it to be a tank Okay. And that's something that I'm not opposed to. Um, I, I'd wonder how exactly you do that. Cause you'd have to get coots with his no move clause out. You'd probably have to give away heart somehow yeah. and get like a really, really good prospect return for that. But it's, it doesn't make sense for, to get rid of heart. That's the problem. No, he's like the one goalie that we've ever had and we have no guarantees that we will ever get him again. So it's, <sighs> I am not opposed to trying to retool one more time because I think that this will be Fletcher's last chance. And if we want to tank and we don't believe in Fletcher that much, hey, it's it's an accidental tank, you know, why not? Um, but, you know, I'm okay with the retool, especially, you know, I don't know why Gaudreau would want to come here other than like the fact that his family lives in South Jersey, which is, you know, a suburb of Philadelphia. Um, so it's... <sighs> I would, I'm not scared of a retool, like rather than an, like an aggressive uh, tanking strategy. I'm not, I'm not opposed to doing one more year of this. And I, I think I'm a little bit of an outlier in that, but as much as I would like to be like, oh, I want to guarantee that we win in a few years. Um, there's always time to do that. You can always kind of tank, um, but it's obviously as shown by the last two seasons. So it's, I want I want to see one more try and we've already gotten rid of most of the group so it's just yeah. a matter of a few things going right um mostly you know having Ellis healthy but that would help a lot yeah yeah it's it's hard to see what direction this team is going in and I'm I'm interested to see what Fletcher does like maybe he he went out on a press conference and he was like we're gonna aggressively retool and then people were like we're not tanking what what and like the general manager is not supposed to go out and say like, yeah, we're going to sell the whole team. You know, we're going to try and go for all these good prospects in the draft. Like that's not what happens. Like you, you say that you want to keep going. So it's really kind of a mystery what he's going to do next. I, I think they obviously know something's wrong. Um, I, Cause they watch the games. Anybody who watched the games knows what's wrong. Anyway, it's not like they're not paying attention. Um, so it's, it's really, it's interesting. I don't think there's any way where we can build a truly serious contender in one off season, um, just with our cap restrictions, with the players that we have on top. Um, 
but who knows uh he's done some wizardry before with ellis but like can he do that again and it didn't really work out this time so it's <sighs> we'll see we'll see it's hard yeah. It's, I mean, there's no easy answer because if there was one, they probably would have done it by now. They've been in this weird in-between for, I'd say, two and a half years now since the first year AV was there, I would say. Two and a half years of, there's enough talent on this team where they should be able to win a playoff round if they can get in, but they've had injuries. They had the COVID outbreak last year. They had Carter Hart just forgetting how to play goalie last year. They've had <laughs> they had they they've had a Murphy's Law two and a half seasons, basically. Literally. After, it's been Literally. rough that like before the bubble pause they were one of the best teams in the league like yeah they won their qualifying series round they won and then they lost to the islanders and that was like okay year one of Vigneault, tangible progress and then last year disaster then this year they make all the aggressive moves to say okay we had to be aggressive based on how last year went to make changes because we know we don't have that much time to operate and i don't want to say it bit them in the ass because it it's not their it fault. It did though. Everybody, it kind of did. But everybody got hurt. So like, it's yeah. kind of hard. It's not like all these guys are in the lineup and just like, they don't click or they're playing bad. It's it's really hard to judge a team when two of their three centers, Hayes and Coots, 25 out of 45 games so far from for Couturier, even less than that for Hayes. And when you build the whole team around Kevin Hayes and his friends, it would help if Kevin Hayes was on the team. <laughs> it truly would. Let me yeah. play devil's advocate to that because okay. you know who's been out on the Penguins for, you know, a significant Gino. portion of time. Yeah. Gino and Crosby for the beginning of the season. And they're still like pretty high up there in the standings. So they have Mike Sullivan. That, yeah, they have a good the coach. <laughs> they the have a really good and we, coach. you know, we could have had Boudreaux. Or, you would have uh, at least had fun with Bruce. At least exactly, you Bruce exactly. I, I, I was like, it's, it was frustrating. He, he wanted to go coach for a Canadian team. So I guess it makes sense. And, you know, the Flyers are kind of a, a shit show, but it's, and we're not cleaning house like the Canucks are. So it's, it's, and then we, we have Mike Yo, who is, you know, not to fit to be head captain or, or head coach, obviously. Um, it's, it's frustrating. I feel like some of the things just have not worked out in our favor and it's been, it's hard for some fans to admit that it has been luck for a, a good amount of it. And that's, that's half of what hockey is, is luck. So it's, it, it, it's frustrating how the dice have rolled for this team. And there's things that they could have done to mitigate that, but they took their chances and didn't work out. So um, let's see if uh, Danny Breer does anything to change that, but it's, it's not looking great. That's why the marketing department gave you Gritty to placate you people. <laughs> yes, that's the only reason. It's not because Gritty, you know, kicks ass and is an awesome mascot and people are just mad at him because he's the only visible thing that we can say we like about this team. Gritty brought me in. He was, I knew yes. who Gritty was before I knew anything about the Flyers, so they can shut up. And that's the weird thing was, I remember when they announced, I'm like, why do the Flyers need a mascot? They they have a good fan base. They're not like, they don't need to attract casuals. And then It's because they, they knew, Nick. They, Nick, they, it's because they, they knew that they were going to tank and, and Comcast is terrible and all they want to do is distract the fans. Anyway, it's it's crazy what some of these people believe, I'll tell you. If, if this doesn't end in like a documentary on who is in the gritty costume, I will be very disappointed. Uh, that's all I I'm gonna know. say. He can do a backflip in that. Like he's yeah. highly athletic. Snow yeah. snowboarding. Like 
I want to know. There's actually, actually, you know what? There's nobody in the gritty costume. They actually found a way to bring that suit to life. And that's just the embodiment. Yeah. Before I get you out of here, mm-hmm. what would you say is your biggest frustration with where hockey is right now from purely uh, entertainment engagement, just trying to get people to interact with hockey? Because we're not, because the culture the only hiring the same 35 white people to be the GMs and head coaches. We all kind of agree that the culture problem is the lingering. Yes. I'm just talking about purely getting people to interact with hockey more because you have a very creative worldview and you see things a particular way, which is why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. I mean, I think if we're talking like individual team basis, I think the Rangers are doing it pretty well. Um, I mean, what I'm realizing is that there's kind of, it's really, really hard to make fans like a bad team. And that's, that's just, that's how it is. And it makes sense, but you know, there's, there's some ways around it. I mean, just the creation of content. I mean, like making sure that you're getting everything on camera, just getting content out to fans. And really, I think in the end, just doing outreach to like fan communities that like, wouldn't necessarily be outreach to and making sure you're having catered content not just towards like you know traditional markets I guess that's where you make the most money but I think just overall a fan base is better when you know you've got um, especially younger um, you know a lot of younger women a lot of uh, LGBTQ people like you know people of all different backgrounds coming in and making content and having all the, like the more takes, the better sometimes. I mean, not, not always, but like, you know, (laughs) you have more voices in the conversation. You have more people to talk about. So I would just say (sighs) the more stuff you can make and put out there. I mean, my main frustration with the Flyers is like, I could have a a lot more fun with this team if they were putting out like stupid content all the time. And like, it makes sense that they aren't. I mean, it's, got to be a terrible environment that they're in right now all the players all the coaches all the um even the behind the scenes like media people just because that team is absolute ass but like it's there's a way to still make it a little bit fun and it's I mean I'm no marketing expert but I think definitely giving more people a way in um not just the organizations but to the people who talk about sports and want to be more open to more fans. And honestly, like hockey is kind of, it's still a sport, but like sometimes it feels like we're losing out to soccer. Like we are. it's, yeah, yeah. It's not out there and it's, it's really, really fun game. And I think just finding ways to get eyeballs on it, however you can, and to, you know, link up with younger people and just, because I, I mean, I don't watch sports with my parents or anything. So it's not like a passing down of anything. This is something that I came across on my own. And, uh, you know, creators like um, Steve Dangle absolutely accelerated that pipeline as much as people hate him. But it's just getting more people into the space and getting not TikTokers, maybe, or getting not Josh Richards specifically, getting not um, Kodak Black in. Hey, that was funny. That was funny. It, it was funny. I will give it that. That was that was one of the funniest days on hockey Twitter in a long time. Um, so I will give it that. But 
you know, there's a certain, there's a section of fans, especially like younger internet people who know what being in a fandom is like and know how to create content, like absolutely unprompted if you will just give them the energy that they need. So it's, it's just a matter of reaching out to fans and pumping the money into it because we know well the nhl is broke so we all we all know that they're going to have difficulties doing that but um making sure that you know these athletes are marketed to younger fans and people who want to have personality in their game i mean i know somebody who literally started watching hockey because of trevor's egress and like his michigan goal like and his nonsense at the all-star game so it's that was awesome it was the, awesome. the children get it. The sick, the nineteen and twenty year old guys in the league, they get it. Like Zegers and Jackie, yeah, have fun. It it's a game. It's supposed it's to be game. silly. It's theater, and like I know that we. I love to take it seriously. I love to be like, this is the most important thing to ever happen to me, and I'm so sad that this like team is so bad, and it's like all so dramatic. But like, really, what I want is the play up of theatrics throughout the yes. league. I think like. Hockey is a flashy sport. It can be very flashy. You know, you can't, I, I turned on like basketball the other night and the, the players are like, they're jumping up and down with somebody like does something cool on court. Like they're very like, they're, they're involved from the sidelines. They're very like, there's cameras all over. Like you can see everything that's going on and they're constantly pumping out content on social media. And so, you know, there is just that, that edge, edge ahead. I think the, the league needs to kind of, encourage more young players especially to just do shit like be cool and like also maybe not be like terrible to fans so yeah it's it's possible it's possible it definitely is possible the nba gets i mean it helps that those are just naturally funny people there are just a lot of guys who are in the league who are very funny joel Embiid is a good follow on twitter like he is legitimately funny (laughs) absolutely there are not a lot of guys in the NHL that are legitimately funny. Like Brad Marchand thinks he's very funny, but he's like one for four out of every jo- every four <laughs> jokes. He's he's staying in the league batting two fifty, but he's not as funny as he thinks he is. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And he's, I mean, he's 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 also an older player, so he yeah. does kind of respect some of those rules a little bit more. Those like unspoken kind of things. Maybe not in the ways that you would want to, you know, for example, um, you know, the Panarin stuff that happened earlier this year, but he is kind of that like rat kind of figure. And that's absolutely what attracted me to somebody like Travis Konechny, just those like antics that he does, like when he's confident. Travis Konechny, if we trade him, he's going to be on, if he goes to a good team, he's going to be very good and we are going to lose that trade, but he is like losing quotes, but he is like very good, but only when he's confident. So like that kind of you got to play it up and we got to figure out ways to like squeeze as much personality as we can and I think that that comes a lot with people behind the scenes and those those sports media content producers that you know I've I've gently become friends with over uh however much time on Twitter I've spent but like they're they're the real ones kind of producing content and I think a lot of that was cut during the coronavirus but like also it grew so but that's only because people were inside and nothing else. It was, it was kind of, you know, I, I just hope that picks up again and they start, you know, really investing into like social media and content and marketing um, 
you know, and into the hockey analytics side and everything else, more money, not to this league necessarily, uh, maybe to the players, but just, you know, I don't, I don't want to add more fuel to the sports marketing fire and, you know, with like sports betting or whatever, but it's, it's a, it's an industry and it, it grows. And I think there's ways to make it more inviting, more exciting in this capital capitalistic hell that we live in. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hopefully more advancements in uh, media and social technology. Speaking of young, creative, entertaining, funny people, plug yourself, my dude. <laughs> okay. So um, my Twitter is at sweetest mint. So that's uh, like sweet mint, but I'm the sweetest of the mints. Um, uh, I'm usually locked just because I'm annoying and um, also hate most of Flyers Twitter. So, um, but you know, occasionally I'll unlock and I'll, I'll let people in, but uh, it's, what else do I do? I, I do stuff for Broad Street Hockey as well. Um, you can go follow them. I do tweets on game days that occasionally they'll be the ones that are less funny than Kurt. Um, so you'll know it's me. And uh, I also like to make videos. So I make videos for them as well. I've been a little bit slower just because the team is like absolutely terrible and it's a little bit hard to fan cam a terrible team, but it's something that I love to do and that I'm kind of going to school for, you know, kind of taking a film class, kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, you'll see, you'll see more content down the pipe. Um, and I'm just, yeah, just trying to make people laugh at, through the absolute hell that the Flyers are giving us. So uh, yeah, you can follow me there. I mean, there's no, there's no other platform you can follow me <laughs> really. So uh, I'm, I have Twitter brain, like severe Twitter brain. So I know it's gotten bad for me because now I just bookmark the videos to save. I'll be like, I know I will have a use for this at some other point or do I have an all the time, yeah. all the time. It's just constantly, what can I do content wise with this? It's, it's awful. It's, it just, Oh God, why is this my brain? I know so many things. I read so many things and it's just like, I want to make people laugh because it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's your brain making those like weird connections. I get it. I get it. It's, it's kind of a, it's a mode you have to get into. That's yeah, for sure. Um, kind of got to be in a groove, but it, it happens. And when, when you do it, you feel very funny. I'll give it yes. that. <laughs> it's a power trip. It's definitely a power trip. It's Absolutely. like, oh, so you think I'm funny. Okay. <laughs> And then you're like tweeting. Yeah, exactly. And then it's it's, the dopamine machine. Yeah. The (laughs) dopamine machine is bad. The dopamine machine is very bad. I should go touch some grass. I should go touch some grass. For real. (sighs) Touch some snow nowadays. Now all my snow (sighs) melted, thankfully. All of my snow melted. So I did almost I still got some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some ice out there. Yeah, I got a lot of ice out there. No no snow, (laughs) but almost busted my ass going to the mailbox before that was that was life flashing before my eyes bad i caught myself i i didn't hit i didn't hit the ground so i got that going for me at least good good you only only made yourself look like a fool just a tiny bit only risk your life a tiny bit that's how you got it okay that will just about do it for today's episode i want to thank megan for stopping by Please go back and check out the other podcasts from the course of the week. We had Jess Belmosto on to talk about the Flames. Frank Cameron came on to talk about the Coyotes. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Duh. I mean, it's only the most important Sunday of the calendar year, I think, maybe. Uh, I will see you guys tomorrow. we got a lot to talk about football-wise. 
may or may not have a guest depending on waiting to see get some feedback if this person can do it or not they might not be able to come on until next week and we'll talk more retrospective about the game itself i'll see you guys tomorrow i hope you guys enjoyed today's show